Welcome to Southern Fried Fantasy, a podcast for readers and writers, where Southern authors talk about books set in the region they call home. Book lovers beware, your TBR pile is about to get taller than high cotton. All right. Welcome back, faithful listeners. I am so glad to welcome you back to another episode of Southern Fried Fantasy. And uh, this episode, I'm super excited because we have Rune Stroud with us. Uh, So let's just dive right in. Rune, if you would, please tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what ties you to the South. Well, I um, grew up on the West Coast, but... um, I moved to the South almost 20 years ago now. Yeah. Um, I got married to a Southern guy. I thought his accent was super sexy. So (laughs) (laughs) So I moved across the U S and, and just moved in. Yeah. Uh, So I'm, I'm very interested in that. Uh, uh, I just did an interview with uh, uh, Alex Nader, and he moved from Detroit to Tennessee. Oh. Uh, and so uh, a different kind of culture shock. You're going from the, the snow to much less snow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then, and then you coming from, you know, equally sunny, but a lot less humid, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up actually in Washington State in the mountains. Oh, yeah. So um, we did get a lot of snow. And I always told my mom I was going to move away from the snow and never come back. And she didn't believe me. (laughs) Hey, I I don't blame you there in the least. I I don't miss it at all. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a cold, cold weather guy. Um, I mean, (laughs) to be fair, I'm not really a hot weather guy. I'm I'm not really a I'm much more of a indoorsy (laughs) type. Uh, I, I like to go on my occasional hike, but otherwise I need my AC. <laughs> right. Right. So, and I believe, uh, you said that you're in South Carolina now. I am. I'm yeah. in South Carolina. I'm a veteran. I'm a mom. I'm a grandma and I'm a little bit weird. Love it. Love it. Speaking my language. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think you have to be a little weird to be an author. Um, maybe so. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not all authors, but I feel like the kind of books like we write, I, th- yeah. I think, I think you need to have a, at least a little weirdness. I hope uh, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes them so, more interesting. Right. Right. So uh, you have three books. Is that correct? I have three novels and let's see, five short stories out and a sixth is supposed to come out next month. Very nice. So let's let's talk about that a bit. Um, tell us tell us about your novels. My first book was Sarasota Spirit, and it was about a woman who was cursed through no fault of her own. Um, she was cursed to die, but the way the curse was spoken, she's forced to keep coming back over and over again. Oh, so she can never die permanently. She dies for a period of time. And of course, due to this, she sees ghosts because she's on the border between life and death all the time. 
Nice. I like and that. she's got a 15-year-old ghost sidekick who died 150 <laughs> years before. So he's got a streak of mischief in him a mile wide. And he loves <laughs> discovering pop culture. New and not so new. Nice. I love um, I love a good sidekick. So. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I kill her in every single story in some odd way, usually having nothing to do with the mystery. Love it. Love it. I once, uh, uh, w- how I got started writing very like over a decade ago when I, I sat down to write some short stories for NaNoWriMo and I, I post on Facebook and asked my friends, how would you like to die? Right. And, <laughs> And all the weird things, like one person wrote, uh, I would like to be killed by a cyborg prostitute. Um, One guy said he wanted to be killed by a wild boar. And so, like, I'm having to work all these things into the stories. It actually worked out. It was a lot of fun. So I I, I can definitely appreciate the the good, odd death. Yes. Yes. I love it. And let's see. My second story was Unexpected Minion. And Mm -hmm. it's about an 18-year-old witch who's trying to get ready for her test to join the coven. Her magic is completely out of control, and she doesn't know why. And in the first book, she finds out that her uh, quote-unquote dead father is actually not dead. He's a demon. Oh. So she gets to meet him, get a demonic kitten as a pet slash minion. Love it. And fights off a cult who's trying to wipe demons off the face of the earth. I like it. I like it. Oh, that one was fun too. We have we have a couple cats here, so uh, I I I grew up a dog dog person, but the older I get, the more of a cat person I become. So oh, I grew up with cats. Um, Mom couldn't stand dogs, so we always had cats. But now I've got dogs. Yeah. Hey. (laughs) So we kind of had opposite. uh, Yeah. Stories there. (laughs) I like it. So then your third book is Fox Cubs and Felonies? Yes, yes. It's the first in a new paranormal cozy mystery series about a witch with the gift to talk to animals, her obnoxious raven familiar, and the wildlife (laughs) rescue she started. She keeps running across bodies. Oh, as as you do, you know. As you do, yes. Um, (laughs) That's that's one thing I really like about uh, urban fantasy uh, as a genre is I find that there are a lot of people writing, uh, like unusual jobs for their, um, for their protagonist. So like running an animal rescue, but, you know, you see people who write like the EMT or, you know, I've seen animal control, paranormal stuff, you know, just things oh, yeah. like one that. One of my and favorites I- was a tattoo artist. I loved that one. Yeah. Is that, is that the, uh, Kevin Hearn, his, New, the ink and sigil no not yet i haven't read those yet i'm I'm no. looking forward to those i'm yeah. excited about those i i uh one of them popped up on sale and i snagged <laughs> snagged it i haven't read it yet but i'm I'm looking forward to it so i've got it i just haven't yeah, yeah. I, there's too <laughs> I many books there. there's too many there's, books there's great <laughs> books out there and it's so hard to just read all of them i know <laughs> oh God, i know um all right so i had a I had a question. You have, uh, I saw that all three of these books are the first in a series. Right. And so what is, what's your plan? Or do you have some more first in series? No. Uh, 
So now you're going to start coming out with those second my books? Second, um, my second in the Animal Rescue series is 18,000 words in, so it should nice. be done next month, and I'll put it out. And then I'll decide which one to go to from there. I'm ADHD, and I am terrible about finding new ideas. But oh, oh, um, <laughs> but I have limited myself to just these three series for now. Yeah. Well, I have I that fourth one in my head, but I'm yeah. leaving it to the side. Well, I've, I've, for me, that's been kind of my coping mechanism. So that for writer's block, like I don't really get writer's block, but I do get bored with what I'm writing. If I right. keep writing the same thing endlessly. So having like multiple projects to jump around to is what has kept me <laughs> in right. the game. Yeah. So I, I can definitely commiserate with that. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the reason I did it is because I know me and I know that if I'm going to have just one thing to write all the time, I'm going to get so bored Yeah. that I'll just walk away. So I've got to be able to switch between projects. So I've got yeah. the three series and those are the three that I'll be at least doing three books in each series. I like Although it. this, this uh, animal rescue witch and her familiar Simon, I just love them. So yeah. I may have to stay with them forever. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's the that's the beauty of you know self-publishing is yes. that you know if you get like that's like you know if you had signed with a, a traditional publisher, they signed you for a three book deal, you know, th- they want three books and they're probably not going to be interested if you're like, oh well, I had this really cool idea for like this kind of offshoot and they're they're just gonna shake their head, you know. Right. Right. But you can you can do whatever you, it, they're your books. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yes, yes. And so. two of them are actually tied together because um, the the half demon witch, yeah, is uh, the cousin of the main character in Fox Cups and Felonies. Love it, love it. I I, I, I do love a good interconnected world. Yeah. So yeah, me too. So with you having kind of that uh, West Coast background, but decades now in the South, uh, do, do you find that you work in? All right. So I guess what I'm trying to ask here is, first off, what kind of Southern culture elements do you work into your books? But also, are there elements from that kind of like West Coast life that you also work into them? Huh. Um, I know with the Southern, I, I put in Southern food. I'm a, I'm a big fan. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of casseroles at Grand's house, seafood and hush puppies at the beach, deep fried Mm. Twinkies at the festivals. I'm kind of obsessed. Oh, oh, Uh, you can't, you can't (laughs) see me right now, but I am a portly lad. So uh, I, 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 I have, I have too much love for Southern food is, is my problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and, and Southern events all kind of rotate around food. I mean, yeah. it's just sort of steeped in the culture and I didn't, I didn't get that growing up on the West coast. So it was very different when I moved in with a Southern man and suddenly yeah. food was this major deal oh, it um, is. but uh, and i've gotten fatter <laughs> yeah. 
you know, you, and, just, you know, it's, it, I just like to view it as just it's just happiness made flesh. You know? Right. right. <laughs> I'm just cuddlier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like to think that my 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 better half appreciates that that, that right. about me, you know. Right. <laughs> um oh, I like to include local ghosts in Ooh. the south. Um yes. so like in Sarasota Spirit, the ghost at the hotel is the actual ghost at the hotel. I went and interviewed the owners talk to them about you know what she did and what the stories were so i put her in the book oh that is so um, awesome so that was really fun yeah no i uh i i have uh tried to do that on occasion kind of like more veiled references like where i'm from we don't have a lot of uh i'm from like central south central alabama and there's not a ton of like like known ghosts in there, but mm-hmm. we do have like a crybaby bridge that I've tried to work in on occasion. Things oh, like we that. have one of those too here. Yeah, yeah. I feel like <laughs> I feel like everyone has a crybaby bridge, which is nice because then everyone can instantly relate, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but oh no, I I I love I love the the you know working in an actual real ghost in there is uh, that that's awesome. It's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Okay. And I love talking to people. So it hey, there you go. Makes it makes it fun to talk about ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, where where do you get I like to ask where you get your ideas from? And I realize it's a very cliche question, but it's more what kind of what I'm looking for is are there events from your own life that you work into your books or do you try and keep like a real disconnect there? I have a book that I've never finished that pulled in a bunch of events from my uh, days as a young person, and it gives me migraines to write it. It's just too much. I do sometimes kill somebody off that I know. Last time it happened, it was another poor author. He was (laughs) in my writer group, and he made he wrote a story that made me cry so i got mad <laughs> yeah there you and go. the next five six seven stories he died in very graphic ways <laughs> <laughs> love it love it uh so that's something I, ha- I haven't uh touched on with any other author but i'm i'm a huge proponent for writing circles writing groups uh things of that nature and uh writing is such a lonely job sometimes. Yeah. And it it, even like, I'll say like the, I ran a writing group for about three years and I eventually got to the point where I wasn't really bringing in writing anymore. Um, Kind of, kind of giving space to other people to, you know, so more people could get their stuff shown, but for me, like just the camaraderie made it worthwhile. Just being around other authors, even if you aren't talking about a specific piece of work, just being there to, you know, share the misery. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it is nice to have to have a group of writer friends that you can kind of depend on. Our writer group did break up, but we are still um, the the core group is still friends and still hanging out together. Yeah. 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 Ours, uh, ours was already on kind of like life support just from how busy I was. And then COVID just 
dragged oh, it over yeah. the road and shot it. So that was that was I, kind of the end of that. Yeah. Um, but I, I highly recommend any writers that are listening. Um, and I get a lot of writers uh, have a lot of social anxiety. I I have a fair bit myself. Um, and it it is really difficult to really put yourself out there. Like not only are you going to a, an event probably with strange people you've never, never met before, but there's an expectation that you're supposed to show words that you wrote. Like right. it's a lot. And I get it that, is. but if you can persevere, it really does pay dividends. So take, take the risk. Um, and keep in mind those first few times you show up, no one's going to, no one's going to make you bring stuff to be reviewed, you know, um, just show up and get comfortable. And then when you're ready, then, you know, bring something for review. Um, trust me, there's, there's no shortage of authors that are, uh, will happily take that time. <laughs> so, yeah, um, good advice. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I, I normally ask, you know, is there anything supernatural from Southern folklore in your novels, but you already, I mean, you've got actual real ghosts in there. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else that you've you've worked in, perhaps? I I have plans to work in a couple more cryptids. Oh, okay. Now you're speaking you're speaking my language. I do love. A oh, good cryptid. I love the cryptids. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to spoil it for folks. Just just know that cryptids are coming. Yeah. So. Um, I, right now on my desk, uh, I have my like unofficial writing mascot is a. Uh, a local fiber artist made uh, a Mothman doll that I bought. So, oh, great. Right. So, okay. So, let's talk a little bit about your writing process because I like to show that there's no one correct way to write a book. Everyone's a little different. Um, so, first off, are you more of a plotter or are you more of a pantser? Um, I would consider myself more of a pantser, although mm-hmm. before I write, I need to know who died or what the big mystery is, and I have to know where the key clue is going to be found. But nice. then I have to stop plotting, because if I, oh, I plotted out Unexpected Minion point by point before I ever got to writing, mm-hmm. and I was so bored. It, in the middle of it, I just stopped writing. I couldn't even get started again until I changed the ending. I had wow. to switch up the bad guy and everything. And then wow. it got interesting and I started writing again. Okay. No, that's very cool. Uh, as more of a pantser myself, I definitely, uh, I, I definitely, for me, that's half the fun is just uh, finding the, the twists and turns in your story that you had. I mean, for me, half the stuff I have no idea what's about to happen until, you know, the paragraph starts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Things happen that I don't ever expect. And it's really led by the characters. So it's, it's fun for me because I get to read it as I write it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And I can see, uh, like I had never really thought about it. Um, in like in the, like in, kind of how it played out for you. But I wonder like now in retrospect times that I've done a lot of heavy plotting. Um, I don't enjoy it as much. And I do now it makes me wonder what was I just bored? Cause I knew what was happening. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to do some deep thinking on that. Cause I think there's definitely something, something there. Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, about how long does it take you to write a book? Oh gosh. So um, the first book, of course, it took a long time. It yeah. took me about five years. Yeah. The second book it took, uh, I probably almost a year because I stopped in the middle and I just couldn't get started again until I finally just changed the whole plot so that I could go. Right. You're right. <laughs> but um, the last one only took probably three, four months. And this yeah. one will probably take two. I'm on track to do it in two months. Nice. Nice. So I'm Definitely. getting better. Getting yeah, faster. Well, you know, you, you learn your, you learn your method, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I do have um, a lot of imposter syndrome. So um, I was wrestling with that all the time until I finally went to the last uh, 20 books to 50K conference, oh, the yeah. author conference. Yeah. Um, when I went to that, just one thing stood out to me. It was, you know, if you're not writing, nobody's reading. Um, so like... You can't sell it until you've written it. Yeah. So <clears throat> I kind of changed my outlook and stopped trying to be a good writer and just started trying to write. And I'm having so much fun and I'm a so much better writer doing it. Yeah. That way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I tell people all the time, is like, if you, if you're actually putting words on paper, that makes you better than uh, like 95% of the writers out there just because you're actually writing. There, yeah. There's so many quote unquote writers out there that they don't write, you know, <laughs> I don't, I think they think the book is just going to magically appear if they pack out a hundred words every couple of years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a writer friend that's been planning for years and she just tells me about the plan she's got for this book or that book. And then she switches books. She yeah. never writes. She yeah. just switches the plan right. from one thing to another. Yeah. And I know, uh, I know it's really bad in uh, like the, uh, especially like the secondary world fantasy about people who spend all their time building the world and never right. write the story. I actually, I, I occasionally do freelance writing for uh, uh, I do like world building freelance world building. And I actually just turned down uh, a, a offer. Uh, the guy messaged me like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book. I've been doing all this world building, you know, I really just want, you know, some help flushing it out some more. And I, I'm too busy right now to take the work, but I told him, I was like, man, I'll be honest with you. Um, you probably already have far more world building than you will ever need. Uh, yep. Just, just start, just start writing the book. And if you come to a point where you need some lore, you know, then, you know, come up with the lore that you need for the story. Right. You know, cause right. You, I, I, cause I'm guilty of it myself. You know, I, I've had uh, books fail because I, you know, spent, you know, I was like, oh, well, I just, I have to know all the answers about this world before I can start. Spoiler, you don't. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a very organic process. And I think with world building, you can do so much of it that then you have to put it in the book. 
and it gets boring. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I tell people that kind of in this space, when I'm working with them, I was like, um, uh, 98% of the people reading your book do not care about the world. They care yep. about the story. Yep. The, the world is nice and it adds flavor. Um, but they're there for the story. And if you're writing all this world building for the 2% that are here for the world building, you're frustrating the other 98% who are really just there for the story. Right. So, right. Yep. The story and the characters carry it. It's, it's not about the world really. No, no. So, uh, you, uh, you mentioned the, uh, uh, 20 books to 50 K and you're, uh, you're not the first person I've met that, uh, went to the, has gone to, uh, conference of theirs i guess is yeah. it always in vegas yep or? yep they're yeah. all uh well not all of them are held in vegas i mean they're having one in adelaide this year oh in, oh uh, wow australia so yeah. and and the leaders are doing a tour in uh in europe too nice. by train so yeah. okay you know they do try to spread it out a little bit but yeah. every year there's a conference in vegas and that's the well, big one that's yeah well i was going to say every Everyone who I know that's gone to that has come back singing its praises. It's amazing. Yeah. What a good tribe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if you want a tribe of writers that are serious about their craft and are really trying to, you know, make great work, that's the place. Yeah. I, uh, for those who, who may not be familiar with it, um there's a facebook group for it um i'm pretty sure there's a subreddit for it but it's basically a community of uh writers who the the kind of the the core idea is uh and of course there's wiggle room to it but the kind of core idea is if you can get to where you have 20 novels uh on amazon say you know out there that then you know you can work towards getting that like making 50k a year and basically do it full-time, you know, become a full-time author, which, I mean, I don't know about everyone else, but that's, that's the dream. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, and there's, you know, I, I've always heard it's a very supporting, uh, supportive community. I, I, I haven't really checked it out that much. Like I'm familiar with it. Um, right. But the motto is a rising tide lifts all boats. Love it. Love it's, it. It's really that supportive. And the number one rule is don't be a dick. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yep. also love that. Um, if everyone would just adopt that rule, Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, what is, uh, the best bit of advice that you would like to give to writers who may be listening to this, who are maybe struggling with getting into writing? Um, Maybe I've got a couple pieces. Yeah, Most yeah. of us suffer from imposter syndrome. Yeah. As long as you keep working on your craft, you'll get better. And others aren't going to see your faults nearly as easily as you do. Except my editor. She sees <laughs> all my faults and she calls me on them. Yeah. Other than that, other people are not going to see the, the misery that yeah. can, can happen behind the screen. Yeah. And the other piece is nobody's going to read it if you don't write it. Yeah. And, and uh, really touching on the imposter syndrome, um, 
it's definitely something that I've struggled with. And it's one of those deals that I don't think you can really, I mean, I'm sure there are ways, but like to, to my mind, it, it, it's so much harder to beat imposter syndrome if you don't have that book out there, you know, uh, for me that like, I was like, you know, I'd had some friends, you know, tell me, oh man, your stuff's good. Like I, I enjoy this, but you know, they're your friends, right? you know, of course they're going right. to say that. Yeah. And I never it, believe my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it wasn't until I had a book out and it was actually getting like reviews from strangers. They were saying, Hey, this is good. Like, and even then, you know, the first couple of things like, well, that's just a fluke, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but at, once you start getting more and more rolling in and everyone's kind of saying the same thing, like, Oh, Hey, this is pretty good. Yeah. I'm telling my friends about this. Like that, that to me is what, I mean, I'm probably always going to have a little bit of uh, imposter syndrome going on, but it, that to me is what's helped me kind of get over that hurdle to where I, it, it, the, my other struggle was having the confidence to market, you know, um, yes. until I knew that other people, until I knew that some strangers thought my book was good, I didn't have the confidence to really sell my book, you know? Right. And, right. And so like, all this is to say that to, going into your second bit of advice, you got to write the book, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, if you don't write the book, it's just, you're, you're not a writer yet. Yeah, you yeah. got to write the book. Yeah. And so like, um, I know for me, uh, something that I think helped me early on was I started out writing short stories um, yeah, yeah, and then kind of moved to novellas and then kind of moved to novels and then back to novellas. Uh, Cause that's who I am as a person. Um, but for me, it's like, sometimes just like chalking up a few victories. Yeah. Was, yeah, was, absolutely. Like, so don't, it doesn't have to be, a, you don't have to write, you know, a 200,000 word novel. You know, just if you can complete a short story, you've already done more than most people, you know? Yep. yep. And so just chalk that small victory and then kind of move on to the next project. And so you have some short stories. And so I saw this, the cozy mystery tribe, and that intrigued yes. me. Yes. Oh, we have so much fun. <laughs> okay. I, I want to hear, I want to hear about it. Tell me about the cozy mystery tribe. Well, uh, we're a group. We're on discord. We're on Facebook. Um, we get together and we plan anthologies and everybody gets on a theme and we all write to it or as many as can at the time. Cause you know, writers are all over the place. Oh yeah. But um, as many as can as a time at a time, write to it. And it's, then we put a book out. It seems to be going really well. And it's a little piece of marketing that we all do together. Yeah. So, um, so people can discover my short stories in there. And if they love the characters, well, I have a novel. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's, that's brilliant. I, I, I love that. Uh, I have a, I have a friend that she writes uh, uh, erotica and yes. she has kind of a similar thing going it's like a group of erotica writers that they pick a theme and like you know one of the themes is like baking so all their titles and covers were similar and had to deal with baking 
themes and she has sold uh far 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 more books than i have <laughs> so and and i've i've really noticed the the cozy mystery thing seems to really be growing almost exponentially um i've been seeing talk of that genre a lot more just well anything cozy seems to be a lot more popular now than than any time i can think of it feels like i think that it's a feel-good genre like it's very light there's no misery there's no horror there's it we're just it's light and fluffy and anybody can read it and it's usually funny yeah i actually read my first book maybe not quite fully in the genre but at least adjacent to it uh it was called uh uh the wizard's butler oh and, i have that one on my list too i have yeah. bought it i just haven't listened to it yet i yeah. bought it on audible <laughs> yeah and i i really enjoyed it you know it yeah. like that's the thing like life, life is so stressful right now you know it is. It and is. like books have always been such a you know form of escapism um, but you know, it's one thing to go escape into a fantasy world filled with wars and monsters and right. a totally different thing to escape into, uh, a world where you're the butler to a wizard, yes. you know, where magic it, is real and yeah. you discover all these wonderful creatures and people and yeah. And it's no, I, I, I'm definitely going to, yeah, I'm definitely going to check out, uh, check out this uh the cozy mystery tribe because um the older the older and more stressed i get the more i think i need this in my in my life <laughs> yeah uh, me <laughs> too <laughs> yeah so uh my background i have a uh i have a degree in music industry and music is one of uh, uh one of my great passions and so i love to ask uh authors do you play music when you write? And if so, what? I do. Um, yeah. I lo- I have this playlist. It's a dark writing music playlist. It's got the Mongolian band, The Who. It's Ooh, got I Lung. It's got Scald. It's got some atmospheric Celtic type music, some fantasy video game music. Yeah. That sort of thing. Nothing with words that I can understand. Yeah. They end up creeping into my writing in weird places and <laughs> I end up wondering where that came from. Okay. I have I have a recommendation for you. Uh, yeah. This is uh this is my writing music of choice. Um it's it's basically what I've trained my brain that when I hear this this music, uh it's time to write. Mm-hmm. Uh but it is uh it is German Doom Jazz. No words, just very atmospheric, doomy, jazzy stuff. It's it's a band called Borhen and their Club of Gore. How do you um, spell? Oh Borhen? God, B O H R E N, Borhen, and Dare D E R Club, like nightclub of Gore, like okay, Gore. Got it. <laughs> and uh. It, it's uh there's an there's an album called sunset mission which is my favorite and uh you you can stream it anywhere you can stream music from and uh it 
I think it, I think it would fit in well with some of the stuff that you just you just listed. And also, I just love telling everyone about that band. Uh, I wish their name was easier to say. <laughs> <laughs> would make would make my life a lot easier. Um, so, uh, another thing that I always like to do every episode is uh, uh, my one of my author heroes is a man named John Harkness, uh, and he talks. Uh, <laughs> He's I heard so him, sweet. Oh, isn't he the best? He, he is, is. Yes. All right. So I've heard him say several times that, you know, no matter how quickly he writes, he cannot keep up with how fast people can read. Yes. So because of that, authors should always be helping each other out, like, you know, supporting right. each other's works. Yeah. So two part question. One, who is your author hero? And two, who is an author you think we should be checking out that we probably aren't? My author heroes are Faith Hunter and Jana DeLeon. Okay. Faith Hunter is Jane Yellowrock series? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I love the adventure in Faith's work. She's got tons of adventure. But Jana DeLeon is is my top, top, top favorite. She is a Southern writer. She is funny. Her characters are absolutely to die for and her settings are so atmospheric and so fun i love them both so those are my heroes um and an author that i think people should check out but haven't uh aren't is april baker she writes the ghost files Um, Also Southern, which I just did not realize how much Southern literature I took in until this podcast. Hey, there you go. But um, I discovered those in 2016 and I just loved them. I I had a ball reading those. So, yeah, well, I I knew I knew Faith Hunter. Uh, I I bought the first couple ones for uh, my lady friend to read. and so she's kind of working through that series now, but the other two were new to me. So I'm definitely going to be checking those out. Oh yeah. Um, Jenna DeLeon is just amazing. Now she's not paranormal. Yeah. Um, she, well, she's got one paranormal book, but most of her stuff is not as paranormal. Gotcha. Well, I, I'll read, hilarious. I'll read anything. So <laughs> as long as I can find the time. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap up by why don't you tell us where can we find you and where can we find your books? Okay. You'll find me at runestroud.com and on Facebook at Facebook slash runestroud. Um, my Amazon under runestroud. And I have a newsletter on the first of the month that I send out a real ghost story. For, um, right now I'm working my way through the States. Hey. Uh, I'm not good at marketing, but I am good at finding interesting stories. So that's what I do. I just, yeah. I'm making my way through all 50 States and then I'll take on the rest of the world. Love it. And I always manage to find a fun story I haven't heard before when I, when I write those. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, as a, as a real aficionado of, uh, of, of, of ghost stories, I will be signing up for that newsletter. So <laughs> sounds great. All right. Well, Rune, this has been an absolute delight. Uh, I have enjoyed this immensely. Um, our plan is to uh, probably sometime next year, uh, we will look about trying to get folks back on, uh, maybe not for like a full episode, but maybe like a short kind of check in, see where you're at, see, uh, see what books you've had come out. So we'll do a, we'll do a follow up uh, cool. at some point. 
And uh, all right. Well, uh, again, I appreciate you being here. And for all of our faithful listeners, uh, until next time, y'all be good, y'all. taking the time to check out another exciting episode of Southern Fried Fantasy. If you would, you know the drill. Give us a like, subscribe, follow, all that jazz. We'll appreciate you. Until next time, y'all. is part of the Tales by Bob network. To see all our great shows, go to talesbybob.com.